This is the InfoMoto Podcast. Presented by Autoglim. Well, Grant, welcome to the podcast. Good to see you again. Very nice to see you too, Gregory. Are you well? Uh, I'm, I'm in remarkable health, consider, considering the way I live. What's going on? Yeah. Well, you know, life. Yeah. gets in Lots the, of it. Gets in the way, I find. Yes, yeah. Now, I did hear, normally I expect to hear that, that lovely 1150GS pootling down the driveway as you make your way to the, the Salubra studio here. But today it was a bit louder. I, was that the um, VTR 1000 firestorm? Uh, it was, yes. Now, forgive me, but, you know, time has misted this up for me a bit, but I, I seem to remember that bike in the old motorcycle trader days. Well, I'm surprised you uh, think of it like that because you, for a long time you just called it that stolen bike. Mm, I am a pragmatist. Yes, well, I'm pleased that you're not doing that anymore. Oh, but Forgotten. It's, it is true that its ownership is a little contested. But contested, got, you say? I've got it now, and it's, it's currently on club plates in my name. So I think that'll settle it. Well, wasn't it – now, hang on, it's all coming back to me now, Grant. Right. And as editor of Motorcycle Trader, I think the bike belonged to Motorcycle Trader at one stage. It was a giveaway bike. Something like that rings a bell. Yes, well, one of the genius moves uh, I was able to perform when I was editing Motorcycle Trader was a, a competition called the Three Challenge, right. where I got three teams of two people and gave them $3,333.33. Right. And they had to go out and buy a bike, yes, a used bike with yes. that amount. And then we had something like 70 different categories in which these bikes would be evaluated and we came up with a, a, a points winner. Right. Now, now 70 the, categories, you 70 say? categories, yep. This didn't muck around there. Well, it included pulling them apart in the workshop, um, and it also included uh, taking them up to Broadford and getting Cam Donald to do hot laps on them. Right, makes sense. So you yeah, – well, not really. Not really. Not, when you hear what the bikes were, it right. doesn't really make a lot of sense. But uh, the genius part of it was that we arranged to give one bike away so to, to the readers. So – uh, you could enter enter a competition. Um, you got lots lots more entries if you subscribe to the magazine, of course. Yes. But um, one lucky reader was going to be able to pick uh, one of the three bikes, and it didn't, didn't didn't have to be the one that had won the competition. It could be any one of the three. Oh right. Yes. Very inclusive. Uh, well, it was great. That's a good idea, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what what happened was uh, the firm of Guy Allen and. Um, uh, the firm of Guy Allen and Ian Falloon. Now, they're a conservative couple. You'd have mm, to acknowledge oh, that, wouldn't you? They'd make an odd couple, I reckon. Well, yeah, I think... I think Falloon would be breakfast for Guy if he got serious. I th- well, but, you know, I think it no, would... No, a knowledgeable pairing. I think it would work, yeah. Yes. They bought a uh, BMW K1000, an early BMW K1000. A thirty-three, thirty-three would buy you a reasonable one of those too. It was reasonable. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't too bad at all. Really. A good, good choice, I reckon, because a good one's fairly bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good choice. But some of the categories included, you know, handling, performance. So, uh, the bike, the alleged stolen bike I'm on, was uh, part <laughs> of Chris Harris's team, right, uh, and. He got it at a, a, a really good price, and it, they were able to spend less on the bike and use what leftover money was available to develop it to to make it better. Oh, so they to, could spend two and a half, but that correct eight hundred left or whatever was yeah. could improve it. Yes, that's good too. I like that too. Yeah, well, and geez, you'd be tempted to go real cheap and um, 
Oh well, it's, yeah. It's, then you could just end up with a well, shitter, couldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. And that, and what, what's it, what's that expression? Uh, gilding a turd, you know, like <laughs> that's the, it. There's a, a limit to, to do. limit to what you can actually do to improve a bike uh, phenomenally with not too much money. Yes, but um, the third bike was uh, uh, Yamaha um, FZR thousand, uh, which was a terrific bike, but. They spent almost all the money on buying the bike, so they had very little to play with. Right. Who was and, the third team? Uh, Rod Chapman was one of the right. Was the leader of that team. Right. Good. Another knowledgeable character. Yeah, knows, absolutely. Knows stuff and yeah. has a, a reasonably good mix of madness and conservatism. Yep. Probably the right bloke to be doing it. Yeah. I well, get that. it was in fact a, a very good buy too. But um, yeah, all three seem to make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So in in the the process of of um, doing all this work. We got eight months' worth of uh, editorial out of it. Well, they so call it content now. Con- well, do they? Yeah, it's like filling a bucket will it Sorry. full of shit. Content, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so for eight months we were able to promote it in the magazine. We got heaps and heaps of – like it's amazing that people would want a $3,000 second-hand yeah. motorcycle as a prize. Well, it's a hooky story too. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I yeah. get it. And and uh, the teams developed their own uh, their own network of supporters in amongst the readers. You know, the, yes. the readers took sides. They the, the bike they wanted to win was the one that they they promoted and wrote to us about. And Makes perfect sense for the web, doesn't it? Uh, you could do that. You could have that immediate interaction. Well, yeah. Before before I tell you the the, the most interesting part about this story, I wish you would because I think well, that half our punters have gone to sleep. So what far. would you do? Three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars. What would you what buy? Would I do? Now, I'd yeah. be very tempted towards um, a BMW of some type, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I, I guess with inflation you couldn't do you that. You probably couldn't. Yeah, maybe maybe we'd have to go for uh, Bandit, something, something like that. Yeah, Bandit would be good, wouldn't it? Something I'd be going for something simple and yeah. was pretty cheap to start with. Yep. But, yeah, I, I think I could easily tap into the essence of what you're trying to do. In yeah. fact, did it become competitive? I imagine. Oh, hell yeah. It'd be arguments and blues. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Chris Harris was the worst. Yeah, the prince. Uh, the prince, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was adamant that. Well, he's, he's used to being carried around in a sedan chair everywhere <laughs> he goes. I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he was he was adamant that his uh, the VTR thousand was the pick of the bikes. And uh, when I took them apart in the workshop, uh, I discovered that the uh, you took them apart. Yeah, yeah. Did they ever get back together? Or uh, well, that's one of the reasons I'm riding this bike now. Actually, <laughs> oh, right, okay. The um, the VTR had. A, uh, a regulator rectifier problem, so it would, it would only run that's, on the battery. That's a known issue with that. It is, bikes. yeah, it is, yeah. So, uh, and it had steering head bearing problems and a few other things. He was horrified to f- to find this out. Well, you'd find it out when you bloody saw it, or did he buy it sight unseen? Uh, no, no, no. He's, well, as soon as you turn the bars, you'll know it's got bad steering head. Yeah, they, they crunch. Yeah, but well, you, they don't. They don't turn. You can't tell, for example, about the regular uh, regulator no, rectifier can't. because. Um, the guys charge the battery, so the bike will start and yeah, will run for fine. seventy to one hundred kilometers. Just enough to get you home and yeah, annoyed. Yeah. No, just enough not to get you home. <laughs> right, okay. Just to get you to stop. Just when it was the most inconvenient. Lovely. Yeah. In that tunnel in Melbourne. Oh. You know, <laughs> where you run oh, out of battery. It'd still be there if it happened to me. <laughs> yeah. But um, the kind of the most telling component of all this is taking the bikes up to Broadford and getting Cam Donald to do laps. Right. On them, um, the it was a um, a practice day. Yes. Uh, so the circuit was full of guys 
proper races on proper race bikes. And cams there on these shitters. Cams on uh, the BMW K100, which still has the panniers fitted, the hard, <laughs> the hard cases, and he's cleaning them up. You know, he's, he's out breaking them and <laughs> passing them on the outside in corners. Uh, and, I imagine, yeah, scraping yeah. the panniers on the road. And he described the BMW as having a hinge in the middle. He said it was right. a terrible handling bike for a racetrack. Right. But but we know that going in, wouldn't you, when you yeah. buy a K100? Well, yeah, you with would. With tired suspension. You would. But it was the most comfortable of all the bikes for, for general touring. You'd get on and ride it to Sydney, all right? Correct, yeah. But um, he did three laps on the Yamaha. Uh, and What was the Yamaha? A Fizzer, yeah. Yeah, he refused to ride it any further because the tyres were shot. Right. So, you know, I said earlier they'd spent most of their money uh, so they couldn't afford a set of tyres for it. Yes. But that would have made all the difference if it had, had good tyres. Yes. And, in fact, the guy who won the, the readers' competition chose the Yamaha as his right. bike. Okay. But um, the VTR, in fact, turned out to be the best track bike there, which is not surprising. Because oh, they're, yeah, they're narrow and oh, – I mean, they were kind of promoted as a sports bike. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Um, 19, um, 1997 they were released. That's right, yeah. Uh, and Honda won the – uh, uh, world Championship, Superbike Championship that year. Mm. Uh, but Colin they, Edwards? No, it wasn't Colin Edwards. Um, it was an American. I'll think of his name. Not, uh, well, Amer- not well, an American like Colin John Edwards. John Kaczynski, I think it was. We'll have to see. There's punters all over the place. No, well, I, what I'll do is I'll think of his... I think they won two. Uh, well, no, they, they, they didn't win from 1997, but... They developed this bike that I'm on, the VTR1000, uh, and, and they brought it out in an SP1 and an SP2 form. Right, yes. Uh, and the SP1 won in 2000, and they won again in 2002. Right. But uh, so They were taking advantage of the fact that V-twins could have 1,000cc. Yes. yes, correct. And the uh, across-the-frame bikes were 750 limited, yep. weren't they? Yep. Because Ducati cleaned up on that for how long? Well, until Honda noticed what was going on, decided to build a bike and built a yeah, uh, built a V twin. Mind uh, you, they had a bloke called Foggy there too, which is pretty. Well, oh yes, yeah, they had they had some good rides. It was got up for gigs, though. I thought that at the time, and I know there's Ducati people screaming at me right now. But yep. when you give someone, uh, you know, two hundred and fifty cc's, or or uh, in this case, thirty three percent more capacity. Yes, you got a fair chance. In other words, like. Okay, you've built a dud, but we'll bring everyone back to your team, which is, I know is not true, but yeah. it was got up for geeks. I but thought. it's um, uh, it's a good example of uh, racing improving the breed, though, isn't it? That, Absolutely. That Honda decides, all right, we're going to have to, if we want to be competitive, we need a V-twin. Yes. Uh, and then beating Ducati, and yes. Ducati going, well, we want to keep winning this, so we're going to have to build a better bike. Yes. Which they did. Yes, they did. And they won for years. It was a great period of sports bikes. It was, wasn't it? Across yeah. the, whole, the, yeah. the whole majors. People were building really good sports. Mind you, they was uncomfortable and horrible as hold a ride, but um, by gee, they were quick and well. They handled yeah. well. And yeah, they did. They you look like the ducks guts riding one. Can we get back to the VT? Well, you know, you're in charge of this story. I'm All right, okay. engineering so this. What I wanted to tell you was that that when uh, when motorcycle trade was sold to um, Orange um, Citrus, <laughs> I'm trying not to name them because. There's there's a possibility that they are in fact the owners of this bike. Right, so okay. I was I would have preferred if you'd not well, mentioned okay. the actual. We'll cut that out, Grant. Yeah, no, great. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. Great. Leave that in, Spencer. Um, but when they sold the magazine, they sold all the bits and pieces that went with it, which included that bike. 
They right. did. Citrus didn't know, of course. Of course not. Yeah. So we set up another uh, another workshop and uh, another printing uh, publishing uh, house, uh, and it was used as a hack. And the reason I, it didn't sell when we were we sold the BMW was that I hadn't gone around fixing any of the problems that I'd identified. Right. So in particular, the uh, regulator rectifier. Right. So it sat in the warehouse for ages and ages until I finally had time to, to muck around with it and I got it running properly. Yes. Uh, and then it got used as a as a, a hack for the magazine. Perfect thing to bang around town on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, test bikes, you, you've got to leave a bike when you go and pick one up. Yes. It was good for that sort yeah. of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. But it, it looked pretty crummy. Um, yeah. The Sean Muir, the, the, uh, the deputy editor of Motorcycle Trader, uh, crashed it. Right. Um. Uh, trying to avoid a plastic bag that was full of air that was floating in the lane. Well, you know he hit one of those. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So he veered violently to the left and fell off the bike, of course. Right. Okay. The plastic bag was all right, though. Plastic bag survived, Good. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, again, it would just got leaned up against the back of the shed and, and left there. Uh, and when I left, uh, I took it with me to, to repair it, to repair the, yeah. the damage. Uh, and You're that, not known for finishing. No, I'm not. Yeah. Right. So it, took, okay. it did did take quite a while. The plot's starting to thicken here. Yeah. Well, except that. Can we get to the stolen bit or what? Okay. Well, what what happened was when I got it running again, it turns out it, it, it was actually a pretty good bike. Like a, it's a very fast bike, courtesy yes. uh, of uh, a little bit of engine development work that's been done. Right. And I did. A little I always bit. thought they were a good bike. It, it, yeah. for, the tank was too small in the first one. Well, and it, they, it's like sitting on a fence post for a long distance. This is the first one. So, right, so fourteen all, liters, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Well, so um, my colleague and your colleague, uh, ex-editor of Two Wheels magazine and prominent motoring journalist Bill McKinnon, highly respected and uh, a good friend. Yes, he took it for a ride. Yep. And came back and said, "I need a, a, a track day bike. I'm going to buy one of one of these. One of these. He liked it, loved it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Actually, good track day bike. Tra- good track day bike. Not worried about 14 liters there. No, no, that's right. Yeah. So he bought one, pretty much sight unseen, and it turned up um, in the, on the back of a truck, and it had beautiful yellow bodywork. Yes. The bodywork was great, uh, and the bike lasted about four days. The the engine exploded. What uh, went wrong with it? Because they weren't known for for that, well, I, th- I think what happened was that um, something went wrong with the um, with the tank, and it emptied its contents into the sump. And it's not something that you would normally check on a bike before you go for a ride. So, Bill's set off with the sump full of of fuel, right, and oil, yes. and it's pressurized, of course, and it's it's tried to find the easiest way out of the sump, which is every every orifice that's got a, a seal or a bearing or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, He's bloody unlucky there, really. Very unlucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, except it's an ill wind that doesn't blow someone some good. That's right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and in this particular case, um, uh, I was able to procure the bike from him at a very reasonable price because um, it, the engine didn't work. But I had a good engine. Yes. So instead of just put all the yellow bodywork, the beautiful yellow bodywork, onto yes. onto the old bike, which had had. So you've bought the yellow bike Crashed. off yeah. him, yeah, right. How much did you pay for that? Fifteen hundred bucks. Bloody Bill, he's had a win there, oh. <laughs> hasn't he? Well, yeah, except he, he should have should have had a mask and a gun on when he 
he picked up the money. He'd he'd fitted uh, super sticky tyres to it, so there's there's five or six hundred yeah, bucks. That's true. <laughs> uh, he'd got it roadworthy. Um, uh, it was yeah, it was certainly worth it. I mean, I could I couldn't have bought the bodywork for fifteen hundred bucks. No. I'm only teasing, Bill. No, you're, I know you're a bit scared of him. So, well, no, not really. In okay. fact, I was talking. You to reckon him. you can take him? Well, yeah, I could take him. <laughs> but I was talking to him last night, and he's uh, an ex-redhead, you know. Here's a surprise for you. He yeah. he's listened to every single one of your podcasts. Has he? Yep. Love Bill. Yeah. So he's going to be in a car, a test car, at some stage, and he'll be listening to the, to this podcast, and he'll be good bloke, Bill. Mortally offended by what you've just good said. Good bloke, Bill. I reckon yeah. you couldn't take him. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It'll come to blows <laughs> yeah, well, eventually, sooner or later. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So. There it is. There's that beautiful yellow VTR thousand, which is now on. Have you got the papers for it? Club. Well, I, I've I've I deregistered it and re-registered it on club plates. Right. So really, you've paid Bill fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the money that's changed hands. Hardly any. Yeah. Well, actually, when you put it like that, yeah. no. <laughs> there are, I'm starting to understand the stolen bit. There have been have been other expenses, but to try and trace. In, in a court of law, who actually owns yeah, that yeah. bike. You're not sure yourself. Well, you know, Chris Harris registered it for a while. He, he considered it his bike. Um, well, as the longest-serving editor of Motorcycle Trader, I think it owns it to me. Well, you, you, it's you, actually mine, I think. You might have a, a chance there. So, <laughs> so get in the class action as to see, yes, see who is going to get this $3,333. So uh, it's good now. Yep, it's great. It looks great. yeah. And uh, I, I have got a soft spot from. I know then, I actually nearly, when I bought my Blackbird, I nearly bought one um, out at K&J Thomas out at Whittlesea. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They had an absolute, actually, Trevor, the, uh, Trevor's the son, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he rang me because I must have put somewhere that I wanted one and he said, we've got the best one around. So I went and had a look at it. Um, and it was, it was spotless. They wanted a reasonable quid for five and a half grand or something, but it was yep. absolute plum. But... Um, uh, pragmatism uh, came into uh, play because uh, they're a bit uncomfortable. Was it the second gen one, the one with slightly higher? I think so. It had the, and, had the bigger, and the bigger tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I then went for a Blackbird, but I mean, which was the sensible choice? Yeah, you know, um, out of those two bikes. But yeah, definitely got a soft spot from that. A very nice handler. Yes. They sound great. Yeah, they do, and um, they, they they're fast. Yeah, they're That's, fast. That bike is a very fast bike. Yeah. No, they are fast. Like today's standards. They're a bit unloved, aren't they? They never really... Yeah. They're seen as a bit down home. I know that they suffer from the fact that they are... If you ride one to Sydney, you're going to be... You push it into the bloody Botany Bay when you get there because they are uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I've just come back from Bright. I rode it up to Bright and back. Far enough? Yep, far enough. That's between Bright and Castlemaine. Yep. Right, yeah. That's about, about eight yards, isn't it? <laughs> no, it was uh, four hours each way. Yeah, Bright's further than you think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, like, and I had to get off a couple of times just to have a stretch. So what you basic, now let's just distill this down. For yeah, people right. that have just, might have come in from, you know, mowing the lawn or yep. beating their yep. wife or something, who knows, you, you, everyone's doing different things on the weekend. Let's summarise it by saying I arrived here on a stolen bike. Yeah. But nobody knows who the owner is. No, no one's sure. So No one's sure. It's a, it's actually a victimless crime. There's a victim somewhere, we just don't know who it is. No, you're correct. correct. There's no body, it's habeas corpus. Yep, it's... um. Uh, and it'll just the mists of time will slowly shroud over it, and uh, and I'll just keep riding it when I when I feel up to it. Yes, so, well, so it's good. well, and now speaking of bright, yes, this is called a segue, Grant, in right. the podcast world. You'll pick it up. You're so professional. I know. It's everyone says it. Uh, you were up there riding a Harley Davidson, I believe. 
I was, yes, the the new breakout. New breakout. Yep. Um, now uh, some changes to that bike. Uh, now, incidentally, Spencer's done a full doing a full video uh, review of this bike, um, and we'll uh, look for that upcoming. But um, Grant had a ride up there as well. What did you think? Um, I, well, I'm, I'll give a bit of advice to anyone who owns um, the current breakout: uh, sell it immediately because the market's going to be flooded with breakouts. This is an improved bike. Yeah, it's a it's a hundred percent better. I think. Right. The um. Which is saying a fair bit because the breakout's been one of Harley Davidson's best selling models. I think it was their best, wasn't it? Well, for f- four or five years in yep. a row, I think. Yep. Yeah, so Australians love them, obviously, but this is uh, a, a much superior bike. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't look, I mean, it still looks, you know, the original breakout looked good. Yeah. But oh, it, well, they don't miss on looks. No, no. They, they go to the styling department first and then to yes. the engineers. It's the one seventeen CI motor. Yes, it's a good, it's a good lump. That yep, stonking. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good lump. Lot the pull, a lot of um, mid range pull, which is absolutely yep. where you want it. Yeah, um, I, I sort of get it. Pretty pricey. I can't remember off the top. Spence will deal with all that, but yeah, um, pricey bike. There's no mucking around. That you know, you they, they don't miss you. No, that's right. Um, but people that want that primo sort of Harley Davidson kit. Now, not a bike for the twisties. Let's be honest. Well, much, much better than right. the, the bike it's replacing. Yes. Um, the, the biggest single problem of the uh, original breakout was it had virtually no cornering mm. clearance. So you'd, you'd pitch into a corner, you know, select your line, gas it up, and then the peg would touch. And you'd, you'd work out that oh, on, this, on this particular trajectory, uh, I'm not going to get around the mm. corner. I'm going to be halfway up a tree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you, you you couldn't really ride it with any kind of uh, enthusiasm. Yep. if the roads were twisty. Yep. So, but you know they're going in, um, and this one's improved oh, on that. Yep, vastly. Yep. So if you ride the current breakout, the the one that's just been launched, if you ride it the way the bike wants you to ride it, yep, uh, the way it's telling you to ride it, uh, you won't have any trouble with cornering clearance. Yep. Is it a bike for you? I can't. I don't know whether it's your. Well, I. I is it for you? Well, you've got to remember I climbed off the VTR. thousand would have felt like a bloody feather bed. Unfolded myself, (laughs) got my legs straightened professionally by a chiropractor. (laughs) And then I climbed onto this lounge chair. Yes, because it is quite comfy. It's very comfy. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's. uh, I have to say it's the best seat of any Harley I've ever sat on. Right, okay. Uh, It was was very, very Well, pretty much an endorsement, all that. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good bike. Yeah, okay. And um, you'll be able to read all about it and even watch it when Spencer does his yeah. video. Spencer's up there. Did it rain up there? Well, you're up. Uh, n- no, <laughs> they had the launch in two sections. So half of us, half of the media did two days, and then the rest of the media did the last two days. Right. And it rained for the first two, but not for the last two. We had yes. we, we had beautiful weather for our ride. Yes. Okay. Well, it's madly launch season. Uh, Spencer's been overriding the new. Uh, Triumph Speed Triple. Speed yep. Triple? Yeah, the Speed Triple in mm-hmm. at the bend. Um, and I've just come back from riding the uh, the new V-Strom 1050DE, which I've done a video for. That's coming out very shortly as well, um, which is Suzuki's uh, attempt at a much more dirt-focused uh, V-Strom. Um, longer you, suspension, uh, big front wheel. What do you reckon about um, generally about bikes of that weight? Well, as, from, as off-road, I bikes. have got a theory about that, and uh, and I've made no no, and, and the V-Strom doesn't have this alone, and, and Suzuki would admit this as as would all the manufacturers. They're heavy, 
um, and they're tall. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you, you need to be able to deal with that. And Tippy Toes are doing UEs on fire trails with 252-kilogram <laughs> bike for, at my height of 5 foot 9, Grant. 5 foot 9? Yeah. Five, you, actually, you 5 that tall? And a half, yeah. You're that tall? I've actually got Ricks. I, you reckon? He's oh. been higher than Ricks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to have him. Uh, anyway, my point is um, they are all tall because they need the clearance per, to handle that sort of stuff. Um, so that makes them a little tricky to be to manoeuvre, uh, turn around on dirt, that sort of thing. Uh, f- for taller people, um, I don't think it's a problem. Um, and there are low-seat options on most of these, and the V-Strom are actually three-seat options on the V-Strom. Uh, so once underway... Uh, very competent. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's soaking up all the bumps. Uh, easy to stand up. All the ergos are good. Yep. Um, that twenty-one inch front wheel works. Yep. So once underway, good as gold. You know, of course, you're not going to climb. You know, you put Cam Donald or something on a hill, climb a tree, but he could do that on anything. Yes. For your average jack, it gives you the opportunity to go down a dirt road, um, and there can be a bit of mud and slush and and some shaly um, loose stuff. And you'll cope all right where you might struggle on a road bike. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, I think uh, adventure is here to stay. But what I do think is that people are going to move to mid-size adventure bikes. Well, particularly if they're, they're going to engage with dirt. I think you're, you're right. Yes. They will do that. But the the reason I bought that 1150 BM was to, to get a comfortable long-distance touring bike. Perfect. Yeah. And it's a, a, a upright riding position. Yep. Uh, good soft suspension. Yep, um, it's it's very good at doing Australian roads. Yes, at the moment. But uh, as for taking it on dirt, serious dirt, um, I wouldn't do it because I, I'll fall off it. Yeah, and you got to you got to I'll damage gun. it. Yeah, yeah, you will. And and you got to be a gun to do that. Um, the guns can do it, and yeah. I, I know a few blokes that ride the wheels off them. Yep, um, and they'll they'll look at you and go, "What's wrong with you? They, I can take this anywhere." Yeah, virtually. Yeah. Uh, but they're discounting Gen- the fact. Generally, these guys don't actually own the bikes, though, do they? Like, if you owned it, they don't, you'd probably feel a bit differently about Those blokes, don't, they don't have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I think people will move to mid-size adventure. I think mid-size adventure still got some work to do because a lot of them are still pretty heavy. So if you're trying to get yeah. weight out of them, it's all very well taking capacity out of a big bike. Yep. Um, because, let's face it, you know, they've all got more than enough uh, grunt. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to the V-Strom. I was impressed with it. I, I think it's the V-Strom people have yelled out for. You know, yep. the V-Strom, I, I mean, I did a thing in the video you'll see where the V-Strom's gone at the first guy picked uh, in the side, but yeah. he's the one that was there marking out the lines and he cuts the oranges and yep. he's never going to win the Brownlow. And I yep. think now they've built a bike that can now compete with the big guys. Yeah. Um, there's a price tag to match. Uh, you pay more for it, but... People have screamed about the V-Strom being, oh, I don't know, it's too big, it's too heavy, it's got a small front wheel. What is it? So now you've, you can still buy the the, uh, the bike with a smaller front wheel in yeah. a 1050 form uh, with uh, cast wheels yeah. and the DE, uh, the, uh, which stands for, what does it stand for again? Dual Explorer. Yep. Um, has the spoked wheels. Although tubeless tyres, tubeless front. Yes. Well, uh, uh, sorry, tubed front. Tubed front? Tubed front. And so, tubeless rear? I believe so. I've got to check that. Yeah, I think you'd better check it. Either way, either way, it it's, would not, be a first. it's not tubeless, which oh, okay. is, you know, okay. pe- you know, if you've ever fixed a tubeless tyre, you'll know how easy it is. And I had to do it, you know, on my lab. Yep. Um, 
uh, you know, big bike out in the middle of nowhere changing tubes, I'm not a fan. Well, you, you basically can't on the, the modern big bikes because the, the, there's so much power that the, the tyre rims uh, have to be super strong and you can't prise them off the, off the wheels. Yeah. So there was not so long ago uh, people who went touring took tyre re- repair kits. Yes. Le- tyre levers and patches. Everyone knew and, how to do it. Yeah. It's a pain and in you, the ass, but do you it. could do it. Yeah. But, you know, plug-in, plug-in works perfectly. Yeah. I've plugged it plenty, many a time and you do it in five minutes. Yeah. So big fan of that. I thought that was a bit of a downfall, but um, great motor. It's been a great motor since it was in the TLS of, what, 1996 yep. or something? Yep. Um, and lots of refinement since. Yeah, well, as, as we've agreed in the past that most of the old bikes you see on the road these days tend to be Suzuki's because the the engines were so good. Unbustable. That they've, you know, they've survived. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, so as I say, major launch season. Yeah. Um, Which is encouraging, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's great. The manufacturers yeah. take us. We we learn about the bike. We present the bike. The punters have a look. Yep. Um, it's a nice synergy. The whole thing. I, I'm very pleased. Of course, this is all based around the fact that the European shows are on in late uh, the year before, and and about now is when we start to see them domestically. Well, We've, I'm just pleased that they're still making. New bikes. I mean, yes. they they've got designers and and engineers and uh, people who are employed, and they're making bikes and they're still selling them because we we are in an environment where we're heading towards uh, the extinction of um, um, fossil fuel engines. Yes, which brings me to my next story. <gasps> oh, don't well, tell well, me. Don't, that's a segue. Don't Greg. tell me. I had a ride on the uh, Super uh, Soco TC Max, which is an little electric bike. How little? Uh, well, it's if you think one two five cc, yeah, um, uh, not not unlike the Honda, you know, the, was it CB one two five? Yeah, um, not similar. Okay, usage, um, yep. styling, uh, not styling. I, was, I guess styling, but certainly t- uh, size weighs nothing. Um, was it three grand like the? No Honda. No, CB it's, it's high se- high sevens and low eights, depending which one you pick. Yeah, so it's still expensive, um, but it was just weird. I, Oddly, that's the first electric bike I've ridden. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very open to the idea. I mean, if you're not open to the idea of electric bikes, you're not living in the real world because it's happening. So get on board. At least know if you're going to criticise them, understand them. Yeah. So a lot of the criticism I get from people on electric bikes, I, ask, I delve into how much they know about them and it is stuff all. Yeah. And I go, well, actually, I don't want to be rude, but your opinion's not worth a bagger because yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. So – uh, there's lots of reasons not to love the idea, but at least know what you're talking about. So getting on this bike and just turning the, the throttle and just hearing nothing. Yes. <laughs> um, tire roar. There's once you got used roar. to that, and this thing weighs nothing. Like, yeah. Um, so you just toss it around. Um, little urban run we did uh, down the boulevard and, uh, you know, get a cup of coffee. That's the sort of usage. It'll be in and yep. out of work. 92-kilometre range, yep. which is, you know – uh, I'd love to see it 140. Well, it'll come. It'll come. But at 92 k's, you bang in and out of work um, and it charges up pretty quick. So, look, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. I love the lightness of the bike. So light. It's a joke how light they are. Uh, the whole thing's just battery. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's coming and my I've done a video on that um, and that's coming up. So, 
Spencer's in the edit suite. I think I just poke a pizza under the door every couple of days. Beavering away at this yeah, show. I think he's had it. He's just said to me, Dad, for God's sake, let me catch up. But uh, it is the season. And, and uh, what, what people are going to notice about uh, electric bikes, particularly commuter electric bikes, is, um, and they're not talking about it too much at the moment, but how inexpensive they are to run. Mm. Um, you a, re- dollar, a dollar, uh, we worked out a cent a kilometre was the charge rate on the Super Soco TC Max. Yep. That's how, roughly, and that was a mud map that we worked out ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be people might argue with that, but that's the realm you're in. Beats that's that fossil fuel. A cent a kilometre. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, and maintenance costs, which are negligible. I yeah. mean, you'll have to replace the tyres when they wear out and the brake pads probably, but that's about it. It's about the size of it. You don't have to go for oil changes or you don't have to do any of the other things that that you've got to do on conventional engines. Yeah, Uh, the the lightness is what got me. It was just you'd pull up outside your milk bar to go and get a a cream between. Yep. And you'd pick it up and put it off the gutter yourself. Yeah. You're in there, you know, given the old bloke 50 cents before – you know, you'd step off the bike. It was just the, yep. you know, the ease of like step-throughs used to have be the same. You bung them on the stand and you're out of the thing. In, and I like that about it. And I can understand people living in a, it, it makes perfect place, uh, perfect sense in a place like Sydney, I think, if the buggers had ever been, come to their, uh, you know, let you park. Yep. But I think that'll come with, um, with greenery, with the green idea, when people work out, hopefully, yeah, in yeah. government that, you know, Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if we see electric bike only parking. Yes, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, especially around Thornbury or Northcote or. Yep. Well, you know, I think I think that's the future. But well, get on board. Uh, they they do have limitations, and I think that you know, there is price. You know, it's a fairly pricey bike at that at that but rate. This is, this is what always happens when new technology is introduced. Like the first digital watches were were. Um, very expensive. Yes, you pay a thousand bucks for them. Yes. Now, now they give you one at the garage if you fill the tank up. Yes, based on volume. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and tech. Yeah, so um, the same thing's going to happen with electric bikes. They'll get cheaper and cheaper uh, because they'll get they'll work out how to how to produce them. Yes, and of course the the uptake of uh, rooftop solar in Australia means that that uh, you'll be able to charge. Yes, the bike yourself using the electricity that you're generating, so it's not going not to cost anything. Won't even get to the cent, no, a kilometre. And it's in infrastructure will be based around that. Correct. I, yeah. I know cars are more yep. challenging and that sort of thing. These little these little inner urban things when you plug you know you plug them in in your foyer. But it did make me think. Um, it's going to change like things like you know how your local cafe, they would have they have a PowerPoint where the bloke plugs in <laughs> plugs in his vacuum. Yep. That's going to go down, you know, the library. You just run your – people will be running around with extension cords charging from everywhere. Well, they do that now with their phones, don't they? I guess they do. Yeah. I guess they do. Now, what else, Grant? Um, now, you've recently gone away on Chumps now for um, people that uh, have come in late. Uh, Chumps is a, a reason for a bunch of uh, uh, hack journal, uh, motorcycle journalists to go up the bush and get pissed. And claim it on tax, isn't oh, it? Is that pretty much? Well, I, I hope the tax office isn't listening, listening to no. this. Yeah, but uh, no, we, we get together uh, once a year and the location of the event, uh, there's a couple of rules about that. One is that there has to be a big pub, but also there has to be no police station. Why is that, Grant? What have you got? Um, Why would you not want our friends in blue or the... The reasons are lost in time. Well, now they are because yep. when Chumps first started, you, you, you guys, or we, 
had a little bit going. I mean, we're in bed about eight thirty now with a bloody <laughs> pipe and slippers, but we like to think we're still a bit dangerous. But um, I take your point. Well, you, you'll remember some of the great chumps events. Like I've forgotten many of them. I can't like remember much. Guys in thongs doing drag races up the main street of the town. Yes. Um, at midnight. Yes, because um, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't make sense at a, about. Six thirty-seven in the evening, but at midnight suddenly, well, it's only, yeah, suddenly, it's, I know, what I know I'll, what we'll do. Doctor Linderman has his way with you a little bit. I remember a bloke who will remain nameless, who you know very well. Uh, I think this chumps was at um, Dalgetty, which many have been. Uh, you know, given that the idea is that, that it's somewhat equidistant between Sydney and Melbourne, and good roads lead in. So uh, you know, if you do, if you get a map out, you the pin will land right in the heart of Dalgetty. And uh, one of the gentlemen that was on the trip decided, uh, mentioned he could do a burnout. So we were all up on the driveway egging him on in the middle of the yep. night to do burnouts. Yep. And, of course, within about eight seconds of the burnout, he'd fallen off and he's laying sprawled in the middle. We just all went back in the pub. What He, he was so encouraged by how much we loved him before yep. and just dropped him like a hot Absolutely. <laughs> He's picking himself up with a broken bike and a grazed knee. See, in, anywhere else <laughs> in the world, um, his friends would have said, oh, look, you've been drinking and it's, yeah, it's not, not a good, good idea. idea. Your coordination's shot and yeah. uh, and it's not your bike. No, it? we just said, go, Braxy. Yeah, go. Oh, yeah. did, I give, oh, <laughs> did I give it away? Yeah. And that's the sort of – so you went up there and, look, it is great. Um, all, you know, uh, probably our, our listeners, you know, see us as pampered fools that get to ride uh, brand new test bikes and – and that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, I, I think um, that's right. Yeah. I just good I was, assessment. I was only saying to the butler this morning, money hasn't changed me. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, it is it is great that the uh, Australian motorcycle press can get together and talk and take the piss out of each other. Yeah, but it's you know it's There's not much left. I reckon I reckon we've been doing it for over thirty years now. Yes, um, and uh, the. Nature of the industry's changed. You know, there are fewer print titles now. Yes. Well, there was no digital when we started. No, it was it was licensed to print money. If you were any good, yeah, you could make money out of it. Yeah, and and magazines like Two Wheels were doing thirty five thousand. Yep. Um, AMCN was just you yep. know I remember um, the ad rep at AMCN used to just answer the phone. Yep. You know, Pirelli, yes, full page. Right, Michelin, yes, full page. Suzuki, yes, full page. And then someone would ring and go, oh, I've got any full pages left, mate. Yeah, you know, that's no, right. It's just how it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was worthwhile to the advertiser. The magazine did well. Um, oh, and obviously it met a need because there were – how many magazines were there? And they were all selling pretty well. Yes. But the internet's come along, thank God it has. Well, because it's, it's thank God for Infomoto. Yes. Well, it's given Infomoto a go. But you were saying the nature of the people um, attending has changed or – Well, it's um, – uh, it the clientele now – uh, there's a lot of guys who were in the industry who aren't anymore. Some of them, it's just age. You know, yep. some of them have just retired. Yes, um, but uh, there's y- young guys there. Now, Spence Spence missed out this year, but he was there. The he was year on before. a launch. Yeah. yeah, he was on a launch, which was inconvenient. Yes, so I must talk to Triumph about that. Oh, what, what am I saying? The, well, I mean, the guy who who ran the launch. I don't think we should. I think we'll leave that there, Grant. Just do because, you? yeah, I do because I, I just don't. I'm not in the business of going to court, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, this isn't this isn't litigious, but um, uh, and we won't name him. Uh, no, let's just call him Chris Harris. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Um, I knew you'd do that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One of our premium advertisers. Uh, yeah. No. Well, they're great. Great. Fantastic. Trumps. <laughs> yep. Well, they actually Tops. are, but tops. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he he turned up. So Spencer could have gone to the launch and yeah, but it was a long. It's a long haul, and the roads are knackered out there. Yeah, aren't they? terrible. Yeah. Subsequent of the floods. Uh, yep. Um, I was out there. It's Albert is. Well, look, you know it intimately. It's not the arse end of the world, but you can see it from you, there. You, you know it better. Oh, than I know you it ever too well. I got to. stuck in the floods on my on Snag's lap for three days, and a highlight was watching a frog have sex for an hour and a half. <laughs> I encouraged him to go again because I was so bored, but he didn't have it in him. Um, but yeah, it was at Albert, which is the the uh, Rabbit Trap Hotel, which. Yep. Is suitably adorned with a magnificent, rabbit huge trap. rabbit trap. Yep. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere, but it offered exactly what you needed for chumps. Yeah, no police station. No police stations. But oh, back to the roads. Uh, yeah, the floods have destroyed them, haven't they? They have, and and the damage is so extensive that the the councils and and the roads, the state roads, people can't keep up with it. No, no hope. No, and so. Uh, and it, it is difficult. I was I was just whinging before we came on air about the road between Castlemaine and here uh, that it's all broken. Here is up uh, Torquay in Victoria, folks. Torquay in Victoria. Yep. Uh, and the the soft softness of the tar when it gets pushed up into little lumps is hidden by shadows from trees and all that kind of stuff. So yes. you don't really know they're there till you've actually hit them. Yep. Um, and the roads are so chopped up and potholed and so they're they're actually not. I found um, it's not just an annoyance. Oh, it's dangerous. It's bloody dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there's quite a few crashes happening out of there because of it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me either. Yep. And uh, what will surprise me is if um, a council isn't eventually taken to court yes. over um, a, a crash that happened because the road conditions were so bad that, yeah. that it was inevitable. But the annoying part too is that I found – Especially if you were cutting out a big day in the middle of nowhere, you could push the limit a little bit and, yeah, and yeah. get, you know, it's a boring ride, let's get it done. You can't press on because no. you've just got to be completely aware that any moment there could be a big hole. Yeah, correct. And that's going to get worse. I imagine you would have seen some of it. But um, when they, when the authorities finally catch up to the point where they can actually be working on the roads, it's just going to be roadworks after roadworks after roadworks. Well, it's a festival of roadworks now, but, right. but the amount of work they've got to do is so enormous that, uh, as you say, it's going to go on forever. But, but, you, but, but in and, they're, and they're patching, which is which is not ideal. They're no. not, not remaking the road. They're filling the potholes. Which makes a mound, usually. Yeah, uh, and the idea is that the mound will eventually settle to yeah. be the size of the pothole. Um, but then mostly it settles a bit below that. Yes. So it just makes the roads bumpy. Yep. Uh, and while they're working out there, everything's down to 40. If you've got human beings walking around, that's the law. Yeah. So you can get, you know, 12K stretches of a red light where you sit for three minutes, yes. four minutes, then um, ride at 40Ks for 20, 30Ks easily. Um, and that can then, five minutes later, you do it again. Um, yep. The fun goes out of that pretty quick. Mind you, um, it's a great opportunity for motorcycles to get to the front of the queue. Yeah, they don't like that, some people, do they? Burr up. Road rage is, is going to be yes. an issue at some yes. stage, I, I would suspect. But, but yeah, you can just you can filter past all the cars that are waiting and then be first away. Yes. So because there's been a gap, there's not, nothing in front of you. Yes. So you get a bit of a run. You get a bit of a run. But, but like, I respect those guys yeah. who are out there working. I don't like – I think if – you know, there's no point belting down those roads – um, no, it's, but it slows you down and it becomes annoying, particularly if you're, you know, so you've got a six, seven hundred k day. 
and you do it eight times, you, I, I don't know about you, but I was ready to kill somebody. Um, yep. And uh, I think I might have killed someone out there. But we'll move on from that. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, the It reminds me, though, of the days when we were doing comparison bike tests um, on public roads. Uh, you know, those days are gone. Yeah. But we, you can't do what we used to do. No. Thank God. Well. I'm over that white knuckle stuff. Uh, well, you, you'd think differently about it if you were a bit faster. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I quite enjoyed At it. At your speed, I would have enjoyed it too. <laughs> I think we would have been just the same, Grant. Oh, well, I, I do recall a, a ride we had together up a, along a river road. That, uh, I seem to recall that perhaps... I think that was about 30 years ago. I was on a GPZ 750. Yeah, but a hot one. Oh, had, yeah. had a pipe. Oh, yeah, 64. Had a Transac on it. But look, let's and not I was on, on that. I was on a $300... GS1000G. You're still on it, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've still got the bike. It's worth about 300 still. <laughs> probably. Actually, they've come into vogue. It's probably worth well, a bit more now. No, every single component on that bike is worn out. Is it? You know, yeah, I couldn't give it away. So you did you do the – how far was it to jumps? Uh, 800k. Oh, 800's all right. Yeah, so we we went up in uh, – overnighted it going up, but coming back, um, uh, a, a group of us did it in one day. Yeah, and it was pretty easy to do in a, in a day. So, but it's a. I always remember that Chump Sunday where you've gone pretty Oof, hard on the yes. Saturday. <laughs> there isn't enough neurofin on the planet to see that often. <laughs> yes, darling, I'll be home about seven thirty and head of shame. Well, you know we're still kids at heart, but the the bad night is usually the Friday night because you turn up on Friday. Uh, and you decide that you're going to pace yourself on Friday night because Saturday's the big day. Yes, and the dinner on Saturday night, and it. Four o'clock on Saturday morning when you finally get into bed. That's it. You've you've done your weekend. Yes. I used to I remember I used to have a theory on um, my lovely wife, who I think quite happily waved me off to chumps because I actually got three days of peace, you know. <laughs> um and I said I used to say to her, Look, I've got a plan, you know. Yep. I'm gonna what I'll do is I'll go hard on the Friday night and then I'd make I'd do that and I'd ring her on the Saturday and she'd say, How are you going? I'd say, Well, my plan's in action. <laughs> But on the Sunday, I didn't seem to fulfil that quieter night on the Saturday night. And every yeah. time I'd get up and I'd go, why have you done this to yourself again? You know? <laughs> when are you going to learn well, this doesn't work? We, we're never going to grow up. It's just a little component of people who ride motorbikes. Yes, that, it that is. You keep your youthful enthusiasm well into old age. Yes. Well, you can all, you're can. you only young once, but you can always be immature, Grant. I hold to that. Yep. And, <laughs> and I know you do. <laughs> Now, that was chumps. What else have we got to talk about? Now, I know that you've got a bit of a bee in your bonnet about American gun laws. Now, if you're at all political, anti-political, I turn off now because Grant's got something that's been uh, – it's a bindi eye in his shorts. This, I believe. This, I believe. That's right. Um, Wait, away you go, son. No, no, it's, it's – uh, Would it's you mind moving your – is that your phone? I mean, well, you, I turned you're it on off. a bloody podcast. I turned it off. It might be mine. Yeah, it might be yours. Sorry. Oh, it's all right to yeah. do that. Go on. Um – this is in the context of the fact that I'm going to the United States uh, in June for a so month. So you've handed in your Communist Party uh, connections. They, they've they've taken that question off the uh, visa form. Have they? Yeah, they've replaced so it. It's with, a bit like transgender. You can be whatever you want now. Well, no. There's, there are questions like, do you intend to commit terrorist acts while on New South? Because a terrorist always tick. Oh yeah, I yeah. think. Oh, oh they've oh, caught oh, me. Yeah. Damn. Oh damn. Yeah, I can't get them. So visa they want this now. bomb back next. <laughs> Yeah, go on. Um, but they, they're not asking about the Communist Party anymore, which is good. good. Neither they should ever have. Well, yes. That's another story. That's another story. Um, 
so I'm I'm going as part of research for this book that is due. The manuscript is due in September, but I've got the great roads of the world. Twenty uh, twenty great roads in the world, right? Yep. Uh, but and the only continent. No, this is this isn't true. But for argument's sake, we'll say it's true. Uh, the only place I haven't been yet to to do the research is America and Canada. Right. So I'm I'm going now. The times I've been to the states previously, I've been a guest of Harley Davidson, mm. uh, who look after you really well. So, yes. but you so you're cocooned from the reality of the United yes. States. Yes, understood. Um, and I'm in a group. Uh, you know, we're moving around. Nice so, hotel. Blah blah blah. Yep. So I I don't I've never kind of free ranged in the US, and all I know about the US is from watching television shows and movies and. Mm. Um, but uh, this—that's a little unfair on the US. But go on. Well, yeah, I—I I, I have to say it's—it's. It's, I wouldn't go there voluntarily. I don't think. Right. You know, I'm doing it because I'm I'm working. But of course, you realise that Infomoto is very strong in North America, Grant. So. Uh, making friends before I'm you making, get there. I'm making an exception for North America. That's really good. That's a great <laughs> part of America. It's the other bits that uh, I'm okay. The other on. bits I'm not so fussed fuss yeah. about. Yeah, right. But um, uh, just this week, um, there, there's a, a new um, a new outrage about <laughs> about gun deaths in the in the states. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's on. It, <laughs> This is Grant speaking. I've got. I have no opinion here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Where you go, son? Well, I'll give you a couple of statistics. All right. It's always good to back up your opinion with some facts. Yeah. Okay. So there are three hundred ninety-three million guns in America, and the population is three hundred thirty-one million. So everyone's got one point one two or something, something guns. Yeah. A uh, hundred people die every day in the U.S. from gunshot wounds. Strike. You're 25 times more likely to be shot in in America than in any other developed country. Yeah, that's uh, uh, so name, name that's a, astounding. Name a country. Well, you know, let's take Australia as an example. Yeah. You must uh, be about eight, nine, ten thousand times more likely to be shot in America than you would be in Australia. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's 40,000 uh, Americans a year die of gunshot wounds. 40,000. 40, well, 100 a day, that's, the maths are wrong. No, that's right. That's about right. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be going there. I'll, I'll be riding a bike. And, uh, of course, I've seen Easy Rider. Yes. You know how that ends, don't you? Yeah, not well. No. There's no, no country for old men over there, you know. No, it's no country for old men. <laughs> um, but it, it just it, it made me think about you know the actual safety of doing of of just go, randomly going. I'm, what I'm trying to do is find these roads that I'm going to be writing up as as great rides. Yeah, um, and uh, I'll be restricted a bit to the probably the west coast. Canada will be fine. Oh yeah, Can- Canadians have got no guns and they're just lovely. Yeah, and I- I'll be uh, attempting to stay out of trouble. Jesus, which luck. is usually hasn't worked a for the last way. eight years. Yeah, I know, I know. It's usually a good way of getting into trouble, but um, you'll have no problem whatsoever. You know that, don't you? You will have absolutely no. It, you'll be fine. Yeah, I can just see the next issue of uh, this podcast. You saying, "Well, you know, like who'd have thought that yeah, was going to happen?" You know, see. and I'll get Spencer to just replay what you what just you said. said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look, plenty of people have crossed the states many, many times. Uh, you won't have any problem. I just there's certain parts of LA I wouldn't. Park my bike and yeah, you know, ninety nine percent of the place is fine, um, and no, you'll see none of that. But it doesn't dis- 
doesn't change the fact that those are astounding statistics. Yeah, they are, aren't they? They They're extraordinary. And you wonder what's going to – how is this going to end? No, not not well, I wouldn't. I I can't imagine how it's going to end. Yeah, well, one way it's not going to end is that Americans will surrender their guns. Well, there's many Americans that are as anti-gun as you and I. Many, many, many. Well, so the um, the one point two or one point three guns that every American yeah, owns, cause, statistically, that's because Hank's got thirty seven. Yeah, well, that's right. But uh, he's the person I'm trying to avoid. Mm. When well, I I'd stay there. out of the south. Uh, yeah. Okay. I've already decided. I'd yeah. New Orleans is worth seeing. Uh, oh, if this, the south would be interesting. Yeah, look, it's fine, and they're friendly people, and they're lovely, and it's not. I don't think it's as bald faced as it seems on paper. Yep. Uh, at all. I mean, many times I've been to America and I have always found, and it sounds like I'm going to be pissed in people's pocket, but they have always been the warmest people because it seems like most Americans feel like they're an ambassador for their, ambassador for their country. Yeah. So if you go somewhere, it seems like they feel like it's beholden on them to make sure you have a good time. And every time I've been, I've had a great time and okay. the people have treated me well. All right. And that's what I expect. But if you go, you know, there's certain things you don't say. Yep. Uh, certain places you don't go. But look, there's places in, you know, I just came back from Halls Creek, mate. They wander around there at night. Yeah, yeah, well, um, that's true. So that's I think true. it's a matter of, I understand what you say and those statistics shock, shock me, but I don't think it reflects the average everyday American experience. Yeah. Well, half of them voted for Donald Trump though, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, come on. Explain that to well, me. Well, I can. If you put a rope across, about halfway across the country, you can put, you know, well, yeah. actually, you got the east, you know, the east and the west make a decision and the middle and the south make the other. Yep. Um, yeah. But when you, you know, you've been there. Um, in, in, in protected status. Yeah, you'll be fine. This time I'm not being protected. I'd be worried about There's other places i worry about going before I'd worry about there. Yeah, but well, yeah, those stats, stats don't do you yeah. don't do them any favors. We'll see, but I'll uh, I'll certainly put something uh, some posts up while I'm there. Yeah, well, people um, Grant Grant from America is a bit, a bit like Louis Theroux on a motorbike. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's and look, right. go and interview a few people and go with your American Andy. I remember one time <laughs> I was in uh, one of those states, um, Missouri or somewhere, and uh, having a great times riding a Harley Davidson over there, mm-hmm. and I went to the bar and. There was a big guy, like about nine feet tall, you know, and fingers like pork sausages. And I could barely understand him. His South Southern accent was so thick. And I'm not, wasn't in the South, but his accent was so thick. And uh, he said, you and Ozzy. And uh, before I'd even answered, he said, I'm just back from Iraq and we are brothers in arms, you know, and all this. And I thought, is now the time to go with <laughs> my anti-war stance? And I went, Nah, and I, so straight away I was his brother, and I loved yep. I loved George Bush, and yep. and I drank and ate all night and was merry, and they were lovely people. But it just shows, Grant, your principles will go. When you're weighing your principle against self preservation and free beer, you can come yeah. up with a different answer. Really? Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Some, we'll see. some of us are made of sterner stuff. Oh, but Christ, we'll, he's coming home in a box. We'll see. We'll so, see. what? Uh, when are you going there, Grant? First uh, of June. Right. How, how long for? A month. Right. Where do you land? LA. Right. Grab some coke and hit the road. Grab some coke yeah. and hit the road. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Well, yeah. Um, that that loop road, the uh, the LA to San Francisco. Oh, they, I've never done it, but they say it's God's own. Yeah. Well, I I, I have done that, but I don't remember it well enough to. <laughs> 
to be accurate in writing about it, so I'm going to do it again. But I might split that into two different roads, so the coast road and the, the mountain road. Right. I think that'd be fabulous. Yeah. Well, and what are you going to be riding when you get there? Uh, yet to be determined, but um, uh, I'm... Um, so you're going to suck all a ride out of one of our manufacturers? Uh, well, I, I, th- I think Harley Davidson uh, might come to the party, but we would make sense. It's not uh, certainly not um, confirmed yet, right? Okay. Oh well, it it, it does make sense. Makes I mean, perfect sense. I mean, is what better bike is there for at the country that it was made for yes. and in? Yes, and that road. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Now so, we'll, um, see. we'll see. All right. Well, and we'll have. Of course, you'll be sending us back video installments. That'll be interesting. I will. Yes. You know how to. Take a video. Um, did you ever see that thing on the really. internet? The bloke that did his whole holiday, and he had the camera pointed <laughs> the wrong way. So, so <laughs> it was fascinating to watch. You just saw the different. Oh, look at the, look at this Grand Canyon. You just saw his face. You know? Yep. <laughs> I can imagine that that will work. Oh, it's probably got about a hundred million views. That yeah, guy. probably. Yeah. He's made a fortune. No, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go on a steep learning curve. But yes, you will get video and uh, you will get reports. Good, fantastic. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, are you? Good. You'd have to be looking forward to a trip away like that. Yeah, although might be your last one. I've done, uh, uh, I've done the research in the UK and Europe, um, uh, and that was probably six weeks, and it still feels like work a bit. It always feels like work know. when you go away and work. I yeah. understand that. It, yeah. You know, it's like when you got on your own bike and you go for a ride or you ride a manufacturer's yeah. bike. I know that's going to sound wanky, but you'd much rather be free on your own bike. Um, yeah. Although you have been late for things before. This <laughs> isn't your first. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the the thing about Europe was that that I was pretty much on my own, so it was um, everything took twice as long. Yes. You know, I, every time I saw something, that I think I should take a photo of that. Yes. Uh, you stop, you get off the bike, you put the bike on the side. Take helmets off, gloves. Take helmets, yeah. gloves, you get your camera, you take the shot, then the reverse happens. So yes. it's, it's, a, it's quite a disincentive, really. Yes. To, to, uh, but I spent a little bit of time in a car doing that trip. And a scooter. Uh, and a scooter. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I ranged, I free ranged. Yes, yes. But uh, at one stage, uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, happened to be in town at the same time and, and we hired a car and did a, a Swiss Alps, right. quick Swiss Alps trip. But it was so good having somebody else yes. there. Yeah, so, yeah. The Swiss Alps are fabulous. And any, well, everybody's Alps are good, aren't they? Read all about it. Yep. In world's greatest Well, I, I will grant and we'll promote it heavily. Will we? we well, we'll give you a discount on the advertising rate. Yeah. Well, well to repay the favour, I won't sign the book I give you, okay, because they're yeah, worth that, more apparently. Right. Wasn't it you that told me a gentleman is a person that can play the bagpipes and doesn't? doesn't yes. That, <laughs> so, yes, I understand. Yep. All right, well, we'll look forward to that. Yeah, um, now, f- now you know, you know, we make it very obvious that Autoglim is our sponsor of the podcast and we own up to that and uh, we do use their product. But what I thought I would do, I'd love to come up to your shed because – they tell me that there's a lot of things in your shed. There are a lot of things in my shed. No, anything you'd like to... Does your wife know about what's in that shed? Um, can we cut some of yeah, this? Yeah, we'll snip it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, she does. She yeah, does. But, but there's... Um, You've learnt the truth. Well, here's something funny. that um, uh, Alec Simpson, uh, who's also a writer of, of uh, some Limited interesting ability. stories. <laughs> yeah, go on. He stumbled over a... a a Madagazi, um, recently a 1972 Madagazi, and it's being stored in my 
garage. What sort is it? Eldorado uh, or something? No, it's the one before the Eldorado. The yeah, there's a name for that. I know it's it's on the back of my. I know the bike you mean. Well, it's it. It's a development of the V7, which yep. is their first V-twin. Yep. Then there was this People bike. are screaming at the podcast again. Sorry, folks. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, well, I'll think of it on the way home. So. You will. <laughs> yeah, ring, ring in. I'll ring at 2 o'clock in the morning. When <laughs> yeah. I, Greg, I, th- I remember the name I of remember. the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, it's in the shed. And Julia said, well, my wife Julia said, well, what's that? I said, oh, I'm just minding it for a friend. Well, that used to be a lie that yes. that has been used by hundreds yes. of thousands of motorcyclists yes. who've surreptitiously bought a bike yes. but can't bring themselves to confess. You reckon they weren't onto that too, you know, because oh. <laughs> – Please. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, stymied her again as yeah, she walks back right. into the house. Ooh, yeah. She's just thought I can't be bothered with the argument. Yeah, so it, – but it was true in this case. Uh, it was true. It felt really funny as, but as, saying it and it was true. Has Alec told his wife – uh, let's move on. We'll move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, she knows now. A, a colleague of mine uh, who used to change his bike fairly regularly without his partner knowing, um, uh, she came into the shed, his shed at one stage and said, I, I, I thought your bike was red. Ooh, and yeah. he's gone, oh, no, that was just the paint. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I like it. Mm, yeah. So um, now, now getting back, going to come up to the shed. I'm coming up to the shed. And, um, I know you're in there all the time. Yep. I hear the clinking of, or other people hear the clinking of bottles. You know he's home. Yep. What I wanted to do was because you are, you know, you're a, you are a mechanic of some note, and I know that you do Correct. know you know your stuff. You well, you spend a man. Correct. Um, and uh, I I pay tribute to that. You know, my my mate Spenderman knows stuff. So. Uh, what I want to do is get there and see this, these various bikes, boxes of bikes. But you've got a couple there that really could do with a clean-up. And you're well, not a cleaner, are you? It's not, not my main preoccupation. No, it's, not, it's none of your In fact, there's occupation. a section of the shed where I can't actually identify you the don't bikes know what they anymore. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm going to turn up with an armful of Auto Glim products. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, I'm, we, you can take us through your shed, yep. bike by bike. Each story, all your bikes have got stories, haven't they? Attached every single one. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, you've got the fifty cc step through that you bought when you were a young man. Yes, and lucky it can't talk. <laughs> it's lucky it, it can't talk. It's it, been parked outside. It's some, got some stories. <laughs> Does it still work? Yeah, yeah. They were great little. And the ninety was the one to have, but yeah. Well, but 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 I love them. I, I, I get. Afo- it. I couldn't afford a ninety. Couldn't do the ninety. What's this max speed? About forty. Um, no, probably. Probably with you on it, sixty or seventy k an hour. You're, oh, you're, really? Like you're going downhill. Yeah, but um, well, not everywhere goes downhill. Yeah, I I got that from um, more parts in Newcastle, and I walked to more parts with a hundred hundred bucks, uh, and I wanted parts for a, a Suzuki Titan that I was trying to get running again, and the parts came to one hundred and twenty strike. So I started to walk home and saw the bike in the wreckers. And it was for sale. I said to the guy, how much do you want for it? He said, oh, I know you've got 100 bucks. That'll do. Yeah. And I rode it home. That was a win. It was a win. Now, see, that's that. I know we're joking, but those are the stories, aren't they? Yeah. Those are the stories. When you've got no – the bikes I love most are the ones that I have had when I had no money. Yeah. Yeah. And had to bust my ring piece to buy it. Correct. Or or my lovely wife had allowed a little, you know, money that we really couldn't afford – have yep. been loosened from the budget to buy, 
And I think rich people miss out on that. Yeah, well, they don't treasure it the way they don't. The way we they do. don't get the love of that. Well, I guess not. How would we know though? I don't know. I'm just jealous. Yeah, we've never been I'm just in that situation. Jealous of those bastards, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll wander up to Spanner's shed. Yep. We'll make a video of you. All right. Um, I, I hope you'll have a, a nice – now, when you came to my place, what did I give you? St. Henri, wasn't it? Oh, yes. A nice St. Henri, uh, 98 bottle or something. Yeah, I only had one glass, didn't I? Oh, you said it. Oh, you said you've, we've just got to this in time. I remember you said <laughs> Yeah. That no, was, I didn't even know what it was. That was beautiful wine, yep. Well, you had come a long way. Well, I had, yeah. You have come a long way, Grant. and it's um, uh, it's it's what you should do, isn't it? I mean, you you always serve the best. That you've I didn't got even know what it was. I probably took it to a barbie, and no, no, it was it was. It, well, I as it turns out, I did drink the whole bottle, but it's um, Saint Henri is a, is a, a very very prestigious. I don't know where wine. I got it. Well, it would have been a gift from a. I got no idea from a. a, a a bike distributor. I would have just as easy put Thanking it. you for your very flattering review of whatever it was that of you wrote. You know, I've always been... been uh, available. Av- for, yeah. <laughs> available wasn't the word I was coming on, but... All right, well, look, um, you, oh, you're starting to bore me a bit now, if I'm oh, honest. Okay. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover off, Grant? Um, we, as we move into uh, the Australian autumn, um, the VTR3 challenge, is very, uh, the Super Soco. Yeah, look... Chops. Yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, impressed with uh, the amount of work you guys are getting through here. Well, it's Spencer. Well, I know. I just sort of hang around at the back like Tassie. I know Spencer does a lot of work, but it was it was really nice being on that uh, Harley Davidson launch with him because we had a chance to sit down and have a, yes. a long chat, which was uh, which was great. He's kept busy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Infomo is going really well. Yeah. Uh, we're very happy. We've uh, we've welcomed a couple of new advertisers in Ducati and Honda's with us now. And yep. Um, so we're actually um, you know not starving. Great. Uh, and uh, you're a big part of that. Yep. And in Falloon's a big part of that. Um, and uh, long may it continue. Well, yes. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned the he and Guy. The what? The, he and Guy were the conservative pair that bought the uh, BMW oh, K100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which uh, the guy, the guy it's who a bit bought offensive it, now, isn't it? Yeah. The the reader who bought that bike that was the first bike and was snapped up immediately. Mm. I wonder where it is now. Uh, well, I, I know where it is now. It's gone, it's gone to God. Has it? Yes. Oh, okay. So are you planning on stealing any more bikes or is that the end of it? Uh, well, I have to be a bit more discreet now, I guess, because the word's out that this bike has contested ownership. Mm. Okay. Uh, and when you come up uh, and I give you the tour of the shed, you'll see many bikes that have contested ownership. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Is the Norton there still? Yeah. Now, that's killed a few people, that bike, hasn't it? Oh, well, that's what... That's it's what, the death bike, isn't that's it? That's what John Ruth says, but he's the one who sold it to me. And he thinks the reason I don't ride it is I'm, I'm scared of it. And I am a bit scared of it, I have to say, but mainly because I built the wheels. And yeah, I'd be scared of it too. I broke about 20 spokes while I was building them. So had you laced a wheel before? Because it's a black art. Uh, well, I, I had, but not a, a wheel that big. Uh, so it's the first big wheel oh, okay. I've, I've laced. Um, but yeah, I don't want when, to ride it. when you break the spoke... Um, okay, so you've got to pull, pull it out and, and get another spoke and do it. You don't know, that, like the, the new one you've got in that didn't break, is it about to break? Yes. Ting. Yeah. Isn't it about the sound? A, a good lacer can tell by the sound of well, it? Well, you can, the, the pitch, yes. if you go around the spokes in the rim and they all make the same note, yes. then you've got it pretty much right. But that's a hard thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I did it as a, as an experiment. No, I probably did it because I couldn't afford a proper wheel builder to, yes. to do it. But um, they look okay, but I don't trust them. So. Yes. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention to you, we, we lost Lance Smith recently, the Bevel Wizard, knew more yes. about Ducati Bevels. Yeah. Um, fantastic bloke, and, and I did a story on him. It's actually at Infomoto. We'll, we'll put the link at the bottom of this podcast. But we lost Lance, and um, uh, great loss to the Ducati world. Different guy, Lance. He used to go out in his shed, and he'd poke, you know, out he'd come like cat weasel. Always had a can in his hand, always a dart hanging out of his <laughs> mouth. But the most uh, helpful and warm human being. So yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, we can't afford to be losing these geniuses. No, we certainly can't. Um, and the, the bevel world will be sadder because everyone that had a bevel problem and anyone's had a bevel has had a bevel problem. Yes. He used to, uh, you know, putt up to, to Lance's driveway and Lance would reassuringly say, yeah, I've seen that before. I know what I have to do. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, we lost Lance. So I uh, just want to mention that the Ducati Club uh, has done uh, – reprinted my story in their uh, in their uh, uh, newsletter. Yeah. Okay. So good. Vale Lance. Yeah, Vale Lance. Good man. Yeah. yeah, and good luck to the the survivors of that generation yes. uh, who were still around and who are vessels of phenomenal knowledge. Yes. We're, we're going to lose those guys, and I mean, I guess that's what happens, but, you know, yeah, tell it to the blacksmith. Well, tell it to the Egyptians. Yeah, yeah, after a while, you don't need it. Yep, and there's a generation of kids coming through now that don't know anything about no. motorcycles. No, there is, and, and um, big deal. I mean, you, it's an old man shouting a cloud. I've given up caring. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it's not going to worry us. No, we'll be dead soon. We'll have uh, we'll have our toys till we die. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, as a pleasure as always. Yeah, look, it's uh, great to be here and uh, it's, it's great to be part of this wonderful new adventure of digi- you, digital media. Very happy to have you. Yeah, and um, uh, onwards and upwards into the future. Away we go. Well said, Grant. This is the InfoMoto Podcast. Presented by Autoglim. Glim, glim, glim.